0: Hi and welcome, I'm Ro Garbas and this is The Compositional. As individual, learning and adopting new tools, techniques, and different programming languages is a necessary investment that all of us developers do to stay sharp, focused, informed, uh, so that this is how we invest in our future and switching to a new tool. Um, such as Nix, comes at a relatively low cost for individuals, um, which is usually your time or your free time, and it only matter how much you uh, value your time. Uh, but for bigger organizations, adopting a new tool can come at a much higher cost. This usually means the bigger the organization uh, in, in terms of people developers, the bigger the risk. Um, usually, there is a, either a positive or negative multiplication effect that happens there. Uh, because a simple decision, either good or, uh, be it good or bad, will have a um, multiplying effect. Uh, then knowing that you're not the only one considering using a new tool uh, can give uh, an organization a much-needed confidence and, in some sense, reduces the risk. With that, I hope that, uh, I hope that today's episode will be one of many in the series, uh, which I will kind of title Nix in production, where we will talk how Nix is used in production and other Nix related, uh, topics and who better to invite to start this series than Doman Kojar. He's the force behind CashX. Uh, a service that all of us in Nix community use probably every day. And we, I can speak to myself, I love to use it. Hi, Doman.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. So now before
0: we even dive into today's topic, uh, I'd like to start with, a, I usually start with the same question, uh, which is, um, how did you start with Nix? And maybe to kind of touch and go into the direction of today's uh, topic, is what actually convinced you that it's worthwhile to switch and to
1: learn and invest in Nix? Those are excellent questions. Um, well, funnily enough, I think it was 2013 or yeah, somewhere around that, where when I switched to Nix and uh, well, I think you were around back then. You started uh, maybe like half a year before me, if I remember correctly. Um, you did the, the like uh, install hackathon in Kiberbipa, I think it was 2013, if I remember. And uh, I think we were both inspired by Florian Friesdorf if I remember correctly. He was the one who found Nix because of the packaging problems we had in Pologne community um, and, and shipping that. Yeah, what's really convinced me to switch? Uh, that's a good question. So I was consulting back then and I was using Gentoo for, well, since uh, high school, essentially. Um, I tried different distributions back and forth, but ended up on Gentoo always. It provided the most freedom for me uh, back then. And yeah, we had a client in Finland, which we were flying to every two months for a week of hacking. And one time I needed to like... Upgrade a package to a newer version. I, I don't remember why, but I just needed the, the latest version. Um, and in Gentoo, like the way it works is you can upgrade your whole system, you know, as a whole, and that's it. There is no other way. So you can be like bleeding edge stable, bleeding edge unstable, or something, but that's it. So I started recompiling my whole system, and uh, it was breaking horribly, um, and I lost, you know, two days. Um, while being on a site with a client. So I was like, this is just, you know, I love Gentoo, it's great, but this is just not the way I can really work professionally. Um, And then at that time, we were already, you know, there was already Nixos, so I was like, man, like, this sounds like the perfect mix of Ubuntu and Gentoo. Like, you get all the compilation freedom, overrides, do whatever. But it's also a binary distribution, so you can just uh, download all the packages. And on top of that, there is just one file that you know you just have to keep around. So if anything goes wrong, just roll back, and you know, your. This was in Finland. Internet is fast, so in like ten minutes, I can go from zero to being productive on a you know a new laptop. Let's say my my broke down or something. So yeah, that was like, really like aha moment for me. Like, okay, this is exactly what I want. Um, And then I start playing, like I I set up my whole environment in a virtual machine. And I kind of said, okay, if I can use the virtual machine for one week without like resorting to my, uh, you know, gen two desktop, then that kind of means that most of the things are working and I can do the switch.
0: Yeah, this is funny because I have a similar pad. that's true. I was also a Gen2 user. Uh, maybe I, I think I s- shortly switched to Arch Linux because uh, of the binary cache and then Nix came around and I was like, okay, this is just a, a next step. So let's just, you know, jump with the head into the pool, <laughs> not looking whether the water is inside. <laughs> But we were young there.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were using arch. Mm-hmm, I remember. Yeah, we that, were
0: young yeah. back then, and we 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 could afford actually just with jumping into something without looking. I guess we're yep. wiser now. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. Um, yeah. So, for myself, I, I'm not keeping account, but uh, I always like to think like, how, especially looking backwards, like how many people, how many times I actually hold uh like I did back in our hackerspace back back in the day. Uh how many people are actually introduced to Nix? Like is this possible to quantify? And I I I'm definitely sure that anybody that uses Nix goes through the same process because uh, you want to convince people so that you can work with them so that everybody benefits so uh so that you can use Nix basically. And do you have any kind of how many times did you held uh, like an uh, introduction to Nix? Or maybe even what would you say
1: is the number
0: of people you introduce to next?
1: Oh, that's a good one, yeah.
0: I know it's always, it's like a flying number, which is like 10, 15, 100, 1000, you know, you don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I know that in the beginning, the first like two, three years, um, I did a lot of talks. I, I went to Fosdem, I did a talk there. I did a, a Lambda World in Cadiz, I had a talk there. Uh, I had a talk in PyCon, um, I think, I don't know, I don't remember which year, I think it was 2014, um, how to package Python applications with Nix. And yeah, and I, I talked back then very you know vividly to a lot of people uh, then after the conferences and all arounds to use Nix. So I would say it's definitely more than 10. Uh, if I say 100, it's not really modest, but it might be around that number. Um, and even even today, a lot of people, when they like send me an email, they say, "Oh, funnily, I started using Nix because of you," and I, yeah. So uh, it's hard to say even, but I think it's probably quite a lot um, of users.
0: It's a very rewarding feeling, right? When you, I mean, at least for me, it always feels like, like yeah, that's um, that's why I'm actually doing it, just for the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding when you hear someone's, you know, um, life or workflow or, you know, to whatever extent uh, has improved. Um, and they're grateful for that. Yeah.
0: Um, how did your introduction change over time? Uh, like, I imagine you, you had a type of like a certain introduction you did to Nix five, seven years ago. And how do you do it not today? Like, what's the difference? If there is any,
1: huh, that's also a really good question. Uh, let me remember. I mean, actually, nowadays I don't really introduce people to Nix family anymore. I think that you know, it's it mm-hmm. kind of doesn't happen that much. I think that it's just like normally now people are already know about Nix because of um, you know different. Now there there is quite a lot of um, materials out there now. Um, but if I would start today, it would be very different. Yeah. So I think back then I had like different approaches. I was kind of experimenting. Um, I kind of tried to like change it a bit towards the audience. So, like when I did a talk in, you know, with Python, I was kind of addressing the problems that the Python packaging had back then, um, like, uh, you know, faster, fast installation and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, in in general, I think I was kind of trying to introduce people to NixOS, mostly, like, because I think that was for me the the changing bit, right, to have my laptop installed and have like OS controlled with one file. So I was kind of explaining, oh, you can do rollbacks, you can do that, so blah, blah, blah. Uh, But I think nowadays, I, I really think that the best thing to introduce people to is in the development environments. I think that's the easiest um, to get started with. And also the most unique um, in terms of you know, what the other tooling provides, I think Nix is very special there. Um, if you just want to have like a shell with a bunch of tooling um, and that it works across you know, Linux and macOS. So I think that's the, the biggest difference uh, between back then and now. So it's, it's shifted more from like, you know, going from myself and what worked for me towards what I think works best for, you know, developer productivity um, to And, you know, ease of getting started with, which I think is really important.
0: Okay, so you would say that maybe we, in Nick's community, we don't appreciate Nick shell that as we should, that there is a lot, much more value in it.
1: Yeah, I I think there's a lot I think everyone in the you know all developers could have been using Nix if they just uh, knew how much pain it solves compared to any other tooling. And once they would use this, it's a uh, very, you know, easy to go slowly and adapt other bits of the Nix ecosystem. Um and I think that's one of the beauty of it. You can just go slowly. Um but yeah, I think we we're so used to it that we just forgot um, how hard it is otherwise to like, um, you know, let's say it's just a simple environment of providing gits and, you know, an editor maybe, or a couple of tooling, but it gets really, really quickly complicated once you have, uh, you know, like, let's say you have a patch to apply uh, on, to- on for a tooling that you use, then like there is no way to provide you know that patch and that binary for all your developers right now it's just insane amount of work what people will do is like provide a docker image or something but that's just you know always goes into the way of of the developer i think uh for let's say running a command during the development yeah
0: it feels awkward running just for one development like this whole container even uh plus you have some separation like you, you're separated from your system uh, much more than, let's say, a traditional, like, I mean, traditional, I talk traditional, but like Nix shell, right? Mm. It's it's much tightly integrated. Uh, I also noticed that there is a big, big um, undervalu undervaluement, if that's even a word, but we undervalue the Nix developers um, a lot, this Nix shell, and just um, it solves a lot of problems that people already have, mm-hmm. and it's already like a solution that you can that we don't need to polish at all. It's just there; it works
1: um, most of the time, 99%, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I think there's a couple of known issues like the Glibc locales where you have to. Uh, add that to the nick shell so that you, you can have your you know locale use whatever locale you have. Um, there's like two or three tricks that I think we should kind of really integrate well by default so that people don't have to do that all over again. Um, but other than that, it just works out of the box. I even wrote um, two tutorials just because of that on, on nix.dev, which is also mirrored uh, as you've uh, done that on the nixos.org, and uh, yeah, they cover like the ad hoc use, like just you know, installing a package randomly because you want to try it out, and then there is a tutorial to like really pin down all the dependencies and really make uh, the shell declarative and all of that, so that. You know, someone just installs Nix and does Nix shell on the repository, and they have everything ready to go. Um, so I think just those just those two tutorials are really easy to get started with now. And uh, yeah, you can people started adding you know shell to almost any project now. I think so. That's that's a good start. <laughs>
0: I think we can even gather metrics now, like how many there is default nicks and shell.nicks in uh, certain GitHub repositories, and we can see maybe even over time how this grows, how the adoption is.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting to graph. That would be interesting to graph.
0: I will make a note and I will definitely bring it up in the marketing meeting meetings that we have. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we need to kind of keep track of whether we're going in the right direction. Talking about the right direction, At the latest NixCon, you gave a talk uh, titled, I wrote it down just so I don't mess it up, uh, how to change the Nix ecosystem to become mainstream. And I will actually extend a bit. The question is, because I know you had a similar topic. uh, Well, it was not similar, but you discussed also similar topic the year before when you had a talk about kashics and actually the reasons behind why you actually started the kashic. I know that there is a bit of co- co- correlations. I think the latest talk was more um, was more about the latest things, but I would like to he- kind of hear the short version of the story because I, I find it quite, um, for those who haven't heard it, I think you will find it uh, quite um, interesting.
1: Yeah, so... Um... I think it all starts with when I started, even before I started caching, I started asking. You know, I had like kind of a a existential crisis, or however you want to call it. Like you know, okay, I've been you know five years at Nix. I've been, I've done consulting, I've done this and that, and I had, I was really asking like, what's next? Um, Felt like I've kind of reached a point where I need to do something else. Um, And so I really started thinking about that and came to the conclusion, okay, let's, what have I been even doing these five years before, right? Um, And so I came to the conclusion, okay, what I really want to do is bring Nix to mainstream and really like see that, you know, everyone can use this tool um, and that it becomes so simple and convenient for everyone. And, you know, so that the benefits outweigh the investment essentially. so I think this talk was a lot about that, right? Right now, investing and using Nix in terms of acquiring knowledge um, is is not as easy as it, I think, should be. Um, so that talk was about what what we can do as a community to improve that. Uh, of course, honestly, I don't like that that kind of talks too much, So which is a bit contradictory since I gave it. But, you know, I was hoping that I inspire some people to 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 work the, you know in this way um, and yeah the contents were about uh, like solving infrastructure problems um, solving the the learning curve um, so including the documentation um, and the complexity of Nix itself and the defaults it has so I think one of the biggest problems right now in Nix is that we have really really good core of nix people that know a lot about nix but the way that knowledge is transferred is usually from person to person rather through the written form or you know video or audio um so we kind of have to to if we want to scale this to a thousand ten thousand you know a hundred thousand people it won't scale um really that well this in this form. So we have to start thinking about uh, text, audio, and video. Um, So yeah, that was kind of like the gist of the talk, I think. Um, And then the Nix itself, the complexity of the tool as well. I think right now it's, you know, when you have a tool, you always kind of trade between, you know, security, user experience, and so on. So you have to kind of decide which one is more important. And I think, for example, Nix now takes way too much performance optimizations that need tweaking and you know inner working knowledge uh, of mix uh, by saving sometimes you know even like half a second or a second of machine time instead of choosing uh, a same default that the user doesn't need to know anything it just works but maybe it's a bit slower so i think those trade-offs are something we have to reconsider and it's really hard I think to to uh, to really feel the user's pain until you've seen someone um, go through that. Unfortunately, I don't record when I when I see people go through these pains because it's a bit creepy. But maybe I should and you know show it to people that you know it's really we're not really appreciating their time um, this way. So I'm um, that's maybe not that short, but that's kind of the gist of the talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I did some notes also afterwards, and it's like. It's exactly that. What actually you haven't mentioned, which I didn't think from that perspective is that a year before, which in 2019, the NixCon, uh, you were talking about Kashyx and why you build Kashyx. And what I missed there was, at least from because I also kind of want to make Nix mainstream just so I can use it. It's quite selfish thing. Um, But what what really ins- kind of inspired me there was uh, uh, that you solve the uh, that you think that also it's not only that we need to fix as you said the documentation is quite obvious thing that we need to fix the um, uh, uh, the UX or the developer experience it's well it's also almost obvious thing to fix but one of the things you start fixing is actually the like the infrastructure infrastructure around um, infrastructure around the nix community so just like a nice example is Cashix, right where you, you actually um created a service uh, that you know either uh, it's free for uh, all open source projects but then if you are a bit more professional you can actually go and use it i think i, I find that found that quite like a eye-opening that it's not like there are these little pockets uh, outside of the uh, developer experience and documentation that also we need to to fill in
1: yeah one year before I identified that the biggest problems are infrastructure and documentation and uh, the more I was thinking about documentation the more I figured out that it's gonna be really hard to just write that using you know uh, you know free will and you know uh, free time um, I think it would have happened by this time if that would have, that would, you know, work. Um, so my idea was like, okay, let's, let's do the infrastructure first, uh, not do it, uh, you know, completely free and um, with this investment then from companies by paying for the infrastructure, use that to build more infrastructure and then um, also the documentation. This was uh, kind of expi- uh you know inspired by G- uh, GitHub uh, they did like similar those that don't remember they did a lot of like drink uh, drink uh, events back then and they had like a lot of like ma- git materials they wrote and you know trainings and all of that uh, to really teach everyone git and to make all of that really accessible um unfortunately all of that requires you know you know, someone to pay for that. So I think uh, once we have enough infrastructure and enough people um, using uh, that, we can also fund the documentation efforts and so on. Uh, I have other thoughts on this, but yeah, Um, maybe later. But yeah, the infrastructure bit, I think, came out of yeah, first I wanted to fix Hydra because I I was like setting up Hydra for a couple of consultants. Uh, I mean, for a couple of clients that I was consulting, and yeah, then identify that there is a lot of infrastructure we have to actually build, and uh, that it will make you know, especially for companies and teams, a lot easier. Um, but even yeah, Casques even just for open source nowadays, it just attach, uh, attach it to your GitHub actions, and you're good to go. So I plan to make that even easier. But yeah, all around, I think it saved a lot of time, not to mention the, you know, the main proposition, which is just (laughs) that you don't have to compile anything ever again twice, right? That's kind of the point.
0: What I noticed also that how you actually um, is following the cache blog and everything, how you actually work is that you collect feedback, a lot of feedback from your customers. So maybe I'll first ask about, I'm not sure how deep we can go, but your customers, right? They give you quite some feedback how they use it uh, and how they benefit CashX. Uh, Maybe you can talk, like I'll give you a kind of free direction where you want to go with this, but it's like, (laughs) is there a lot of uh, companies using CashX professionally that actually contribute to you? I mean, a lot, like uh, just a ballpark number. This is more of a... What I want to kind of get out of this is like so that people kind of have a feeling how professional production community, how big the production community is, like how how big is that community? Because I think at this point, CacheX is the only, uh, except if you're running your own uh, caching service. Um, uh, And I think everybody that uses uh, Nix professionally, majority of them, they also use CacheX. Not not everybody, but it, it could give quite a nice uh, idea to the listeners.
1: Um, yeah, so there's a couple of directions to go. Um, well, first, let's touch the feedback. I, so the feedback is interesting. There there are users of CacheX that gave really great feedback. Um, I kind of feel it's other people who have run a service before they feel how it is to, to run such a service and they... they maybe have a bit more empathy towards it. So mostly the feedback comes from, from those users that are really trying to help. And I'm really grateful for, to, to those people. Um, they've been probably the, the biggest um, help uh, in terms of shaping the, the ca- you know, cash um, And there's, there's users that just come and say, oh, this is, you know, not working, or this is not the way it is, uh, that I would want it to be. Um, But in general, it's quite a problem. I think a lot of people assume that, you know, if there is an issue that I already know about it (laughs) and I would rather hear, you know, from 10 different people the same thing because that really gives me a strong signal that, oh, this really needs to be fixed um, rather than than people assuming that I know about it. So that's something I would encourage. So I I really appreciate the feedback from from anyone. Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say, like, I think there's less of it lately, like the last maybe half a year or so, uh, which I think is kind of a good signal that it kind of works for people. Um, so that's good. Um, I know I, I did like just a survey recently um, just to get, you know, a bit more feedback from people in a systematic way. Um, to influence a bit, you know, what features I'm building next, so that that was really useful. Um, I know which two or three things I'll build next. Um, yeah, in terms of like Nix in production, uh, well, there is like almost two thousand and five hundred users on CacheX, um and I think one thousand and seven hundred binary caches. Um, so. And quite a few companies uh, are using Kashix as well that I can say, uh, not a handful, but way more than that. So it's quite a, a good number. Um, and I'm really happy with that. My prim- primary focus right now is small to medium-sized businesses. Um, it's, I, I really like uh, working with them and most of the existing Kashix uh, custom paying cashix customers give really good feedback um, to what's working for them and not. So, yeah, I think it's it's going great. I, I wish there would be more feedback. Um, I'm also thinking to do a bit more interviews with just existing customers and, you know, how are they using Nix and so on. So I'm doing that as well. Um, yeah, and I learned a lot about these uh, problems, uh, helping them out, you know, how they get stuck with Nix and what are the the problems with NICS that they face. Um, and one of the challenges is to explain to the community these things in a way that, you know, it's understandable um, why do we need to address these uh, issues in, in NICS um, that, you know, we grow. And it, sometimes it's, I understand not everyone has the same mission as me. Um, so you know, those are the challenges then for me to really be able to phrase those things. and so that it resonates into people.
0: What I noticed in the in one of the latest, um, one of the latest uh, kind of blog posts or announcement in CacheX that because you were collecting feedback that one of the really requested features was like a better macOS support. And uh, you actually turn, this is, you turn this into an initiative that you collect, that you're now raising the money for. But before we touch this topic, I want to mention, because uh, it's kind of, Kind of proves that this is a this, this is a like having these initiatives where you collect the money and it especially run by you uh, that this is not the first thing that that it's not the first thing we're doing this that, that this actually happened I think already two times before uh, and I think both of times at least you either started or be, you were involved so the last one was improving the error messages and even before was removing the pearl out of the as a dependency. Not sure you started that but uh, it was uh yeah. it's an, it's like these kind of initiatives are not uncommon they're not common but they are like definitely it's not something new uh so, so how do you so how do you um i will ask like this errors because the, the latest one was about error messages where we are with these error messages and then we'll, we'll talk about the, the the current mac os initiative you have running
1: yeah so I just just briefly I think the first one was the pearl one and I started that with Shay Levy and I, I it was I think Nix was written in some parts in Perl and some in C++ so we quickly identified that um like contributions to Nix are kind of a barrier because of that it's those two a mix of those two languages make it hard for people to contribute so we did that quite a few years ago and now yeah now the Nix error messages so um, yeah, that was I think the first experiment that was a bit more like open <laughs> uh, topic. Uh, the pearl, the pearl project was quite you know like really fixed uh, what it needs to be done. Um, the next error messages I think is is quite open because there's I, I you can never reach the perfection uh, of it. So we kind of uh, split it up in phases. Um, Brand Brede was is working on that and was working on that. I was just kind of like uh, helping out with uh, setting up the whole thing Um, and you know helping him get kind of filtered insight into the Nix community Um, and and yeah, it's it's going pretty well. So he he did like the whole refactoring of the the output. Now the when X 2.4 is released, you will see like source code uh, and it will like highlight where the error happened with the carrots and things like that. Um, and there was a lot of work just like you know going through all the issues and, and figuring out things. Um, there is a lot of smaller things improved, um, like uh, attaching more positions position annotations to the error messages and so on. But one of the consequences that I really wanted uh, to happen and it did was also to inspire others uh, that you know they can just fix error messages and it's not like you know there is this uh, tragedy of the commons uh, expression which is like that nobody will everybody thinks that you know the the common bathroom or what or the common you know backyard is somebody's gonna fix it and I want just to kind of like um to fix that by inspiring people to to just uh, go and do it. I watched a really funny video of I think it was an Indian. Uh, it was on a TEDx how they like just instead of going to a bar, they gathered like people in a from a ra- surroundings and they said, "Look, we you know this roundabout is completely destroyed. We're gonna, just gonna go and rest- rest- this weekend we're gonna bring food and drinks and we're just gonna do it." Um, and then he has like a video of before and after and it's really nice. So I thought, OK, like, let's, you know, this is kind of a similar with the error messages, in my opinion.
0: No, I definitely notice like uh, after this error message is landed, that, 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 that like, uh, um, there are many pull requests that are actually touching this topic. Like people started to care. Uh, it's more like you give uh, <laughs> the toilet <laughs> uh, uh, analogy, right? Uh, I think Slovenians, because uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but Domon is also Slovenian as me. We are bound to talk about toilets for some reason, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but kind of kind of using your analogy even further. What you did is actually you, you made the toilet uh, see through the walls of the toilet see through, which means uh, which is a similar experiment they did actually in Japan. Where they had a see-through toilet i mean it goes it kind of uh goes blur when you enter and you start using it but uh that actually made just by providing this transparency or kind of opening a bit the space you actually made people care more about the common the commons
1: yeah exactly yeah i think i think it's it's uh it's like a, a kind of a bias or something i don't know how they really uh, classify it but yeah it's 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 interesting when you flip that around and you start paying attention to it. Um, Then, you know, what we see now with Nix error messages, this is what happens. People really, I think everyone that has used Nix knows the pain of not having good error messages, but everyone has always said, you know, just by the analogy, oh, okay, somebody will have, you know, I fixed it for me now, I know what it means. But, um, yeah now there is a lot of pull requests, as you said, and it's really great, and that was actually my my biggest hope that this uh switch of mentality towards this topic uh, would happen, not so much the you know that the funding itself. although the funding is still going on, and you know Ben will work on uh now specific errors. I think right now he's looking into the dumping very large path uh, error message that you know doesn't show what exactly is being dumped. Um, and hopefully that will get, like, a store path or something attached to the error message. Um, And there is another one. Oh, there is the the one, like, the very common one, like, when you, like, join, a don't know, a function and a string, and you get, like, uh, the error message that you cannot concatenate a function and a string. Uh, I think Elko already made, like, a debugger PR, like, that you can drop into... And inspect those values. So I'm talking with Ben now to to kind of take this, uh, you know, and like getting into a mergeable state for those specific error messages. I think it would be great to be able to see what is the the left and the right hand side of uh, the plus operator, for example, because uh, sometimes it can get quite tricky. You don't really understand what the values are because you know they might get constructed. You know, way back somewhere in the other file. Um, so yeah, um, that's still going on, and I think it's um, yeah, we'll try to to like touch this. Like I think the the dumping story path error message has sixty thumbs up. I think it's the most. Tum- has the most, uh, yeah, votes in all, or maybe it's the second one. But yeah, it's definitely at the top of the next issue. So it's it's easy to, to see what should be done next. I think
0: I'm giving another one. I, I know this is a podcast, you don't see it, but I'm raising my thumb up as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, there. So what I notice also is now with these initiatives that these are initiatives are actually about not really adding any features, like a real feature into it, but it's really about polishing and, uh, like the, a lot of the mentality, there, there is a, like a different mentality switch, like maybe even as a community or like older men, like older, I, let's, I consider myself a bit older, uh, is <laughs> like, I started to appreciate more when things are polished and mm-hmm. not just, um, uh, hackable. I mean, they still can be hackable and polished. And, and mm-hmm. I think I think like uh, even maybe a community is uh, maturing a bit, uh, where we mm-hmm. appreciate a bit more um, uh, polished solutions. And I've seen many pull requests kind of going in that direction, uh, especially from Ilko, mm-hmm. um That he he he's a. I think as a as a community, we are becoming aware that this is a problem um that we don't have a fully p- polished solution mm-hmm. now one of those unpolished solution is also um our support on on macOS, and this was the um, initiative you announced like a few weeks ago if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and uh, first it's for me it's hard to feel that pain because i'm a nexus user but I I see this pain with a lot of people that actually use Nix on, or try to install Nix on OS X and just use it there. And yeah, maybe just like how you came up to this, why this is so
1: important. This one is really interesting. I mean, once, once you talk to the teams using Nix, you'll quickly find out that, you know, there's always like, well, first of all, if we care about smaller teams, the the culture is always that everybody brings their own laptop, you know, their own development environment. Only in enterprise we have the culture where you you know you're handed a laptop. Um, so that essentially means you will have a macOS user very soon. You know, I think in states it's like 50% or something. I don't know exactly the numbers, but it's really high. In Europe it's a bit less, but there is just, just no escaping. And then, of course, when Right now, when people install Nix on an older macOS laptops, there's a bunch of problems. So, in a so-called pragmatic developer environment, people are going to be like, "Oh, like if if we have problems even installing Nix, then like you know this is not really a good, sensible way to boost our developer productivity." If the whole you know premise of Nix is is to solve that. Um, so that's like very high level description of, of the problem. Um, uh, there's other, you know, it's just all around. There's things that are not polished. Like if you follow, for example, Nix spills, there's an issue open for maybe even years that it doesn't work on Mac OS. And I think this is probably our only and best introduction into internals of Nix, so I think it should also work uh, on Mac OS or at least, you know, uh, there should be really clear instructions which parts do not work and so on. So as you said, like, it's it's there, it just needs to be polished um, so that it gives the feeling to uh, a pragmatist developer that, oh, this is actually what people use so that they don't get stuck, you know, in the first day. Um, most developers will, will, you know, after two or three hours, uh, not because they're, you know, um, not willing to, you know, not, not 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 because they don't have knowledge or something. They will just say, okay. I mean, I've wasted two or three hours on this. Maybe this is not the best, you know, tool for the job or whatever, um, since it's taking so much time. So these entry level things, I think, are really important. And uh, unfortunately, due to Apple breaking things <laughs> for the last couple of years for us. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I understand why they're doing this. Um, Things have become harder for us, so I think, like the the whole encrypted volume for the Nix store, the made installation a lot harder to get right, um, especially given different hardware, uh, yeah, versions uh, that we have to specialize and so on. So, so yeah, and actually, I yeah, I talked uh, with the uh, Nates actually. They're using Nix in in Niteo, the company he's the founder of and uh, they also had these problems and he was like, hey, you know, I'm ready to to invest some something per each month that this kind of gets the ball, you know, moving, but maybe there's, maybe, you know, I, I'm not, I cannot pay like a full-time developer on this. So then we kind of came to a conclusion that uh, joining forces with other companies so that every, each company contributes uh, the idea was around five hundred dollars. Um, some go lower, some go higher, but um, yeah, the investment from each company is not that big. But then summing that all up, uh, we can, you know, I think we can get a full time developer paid just to do macOS, Nix work, um, and and I think that's fair, you know, Mac and I mean Apple has the philosophy of. You value your time. You pay for things um, so that you know you can be productive doing whatever your your job is. Um, so, yeah, the idea here is that we shouldn't depend so much on on volunteers and and you know bring the same philosophy into the Nix world as well and let those users pay um, for for the support. And I think that's completely fair, but. Still, it's really impressive that with a few volunteers that we had and still have that are contributing, we came really, really far. Um, and, you know, I'm really grateful for, for all of their work.
0: So this is polishing, like they, like we know Nix could be basically the best package manager, either on Linux or on OS X. And on Linux, the story of insta- installing is much better or even running, uh, macOS a bit less uh once you get everything working it's just it's just like it feels right uh so w- what are the next steps uh i think you've raised um so first uh, the link to this initiative and for the uh, for the error messages is definitely going to be in the description of the podcast so please go check it out um and support uh, i think that's the most important thing like uh let's take care Okay, I'm going to raise the counter on the toilets, but this is going to be third mention of the toilet, but let's clean the toilet together. Uh, <laughs> exactly. um, I think we need a counter and a sound <laughs> effect after each time we, I, I or somebody mentions toilets. Uh, do you have people already um, waiting for the funds? Uh, do, you, do you know what is the first thing going to be that you're going to focus in the Mac, on the macOS? Or you're still like in the research area just now f- Collecting the
1: funds and... Yeah, maybe a big a bit of a backstory. So it's, it's, it was a bit, you know, it's like a, a bit of a chicken and egg problem here, right? So you need, so you need to find a developer who's willing to do the work and finds it interesting and be paid for it. And you need to find companies. So it turned out that it was a lot easier to find companies because um, they are the ones who feel the pain. Um, and the developer is, is harder because, well, first of all, I didn't have any, <laughs> uh, you know funding back then so everyone was a bit skeptical um i think now it's a bit easier so i haven't really picked someone i think the idea would the idea that i have is to pick one person that would do for now all the work um because there is a lot of really specific knowledge that comes to the macOS and nick stack so if we have too many people working on this um there's going to be too much overhead i think at least in this phase um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a few uh, people that are really interested um, and, well, I, I want to pick someone very soon because, I mean, people are paying, like, I think it's almost $2,000 per month now, so they will want to see some results soon. Um, but I don't want to rush it too much as well because uh, I think picking uh, someone that, finds this really interesting, that would love to improve the Nix ecosystem and contribute to open source. Um, and all of that would uh, would be great to find a great match um, so that this would be more like of a long-term thing that, and you know, with the funding that commitment could grow and so on. Um, but the requirements are pretty, um, uh, well, not harsh, but uh, selective, right? So somebody needs to have, like not a full-time or even part-time commitment right now, maybe. And, and so it's always hard to find someone in, in that setting um, and also, you know, be willing to work with macOS and so on. Um, but yeah, the idea, the idea is that this person would make their own kind of uh, decision what to work on next. I think that's um, the best way to go, of course, given all the feedback from community and people who have contributed um, to the funding. Uh, what's going to be first thing? I'm not sure. There's a lot to fix. Um, I, I think one of the first things is going to be like contact the people who have contributed and ask them for like their top one or two things and then see if there's an obvious <laughs> winner. Um, and, uh, you know, frankly, all of all of the issues that are mentioned there have already some kind of a prototype uh, in place. Um, I think the installer has a PR open that is, has gone really far. The Apple Silicon support is, is already there, but not really polished, and people are working on it. So it's just a matter of putting focus to one of these things and finishing them off. So it's, it's about not starting more things, it's about finishing uh, the existing ones. I think that would be definitely the, the focus. Which one? Yeah, as I said, depends on the company's feedback.
0: I mean, you definitely showed that there is uh, interest I mean, with all the contributions, you definitely show that there is an interest in uh, among companies for supporting this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think going forward, this is going to be even more. And there is a plan. It already worked before, a few times, ta- two times. Why it wouldn't this time as well? Like I think, not every solution uh, can come through the open source uh, contributions. Sometimes, like especially this, like um, sometimes annoying polishing less steps like the last few percents yeah <laughs> they, they need to come <laughs> you just need to pay somebody to do it and let's like let's just move on let's polish it move it on i think that's uh like it proved a few times that it's already um uh it's a
1: very good approach to things yeah i, I think uh, you know like we developers we like playing with new things and, and new toys um but polishing is always hard and i i think that's um just you know, just, it's not really creating anymore, right? It's more like making it useful for a a broader um, set of people. And I think that's where it's fair to pay someone. um, I mean, it's always fair to pay someone, but especially uh, in this case, uh, I think people are willing to pay for for that, you know, polished, polished feeling. Um, Otherwise, Apple wouldn't exist, for example, nowadays. And, uh, and I think that's there is probably a lot of more opportunities like this, um, like, for example, Nix and Python uh, and Science. I think there, if somebody would run a funding, uh, it would gain traction quite soon. I, I, I don't have the capacity to pick all the battles, but if someone would pick this one, I think there it's an equal amount or even more um, of interest. Um, and yeah, this uh, one more thing I'll mention here is just that this, this time I've taken more uh, of a recurring um, approach. So it's like a subscription essentially, right? You, you can subscribe and each month you invest, you know, X amount um, into this. And it's kind of a rolling basis. And then once reports each month will come out with what has been done. Uh, you know, companies or even individual developers can decide if they want to support this effort or not. Um, and this is just because I found out that in Nix, it's really hard to estimate uh, how much work it is to fix something. You know, it's it's these are, you know, one thing is oh I have to I don't know implement an auth for my application. You kind of have a feeling of how much work it is to implement that. But in Nix, it's like, you know, digging into deep fundamentals of operating system, which you don't know of and, you know, implementing a workaround for things. So it's hard. So I think this approach of funding it continuously is is much more appropriate. And then, you know, with the reports, uh, people reading, they can, you know, either contribute more if they want to speed up the process uh, or give feedback or, you know, say, okay, everything's working now. It doesn't need that much funding that's hopefully that's the goal right <laughs> so
0: yeah. yeah definitely i mean for me it really shows that actually uh, that nix is used by a lot of companies and those mm. companies actually care so much that they are willing to invest back and you know polish the last things or like pay somebody to really uh, streamline certain bugs they have um that they, they kind of have like uh, these uh, workarounds and let's like streamline. Let's make the experience better. Let's grow the community. Um, exactly. Yeah. One of the initiatives also, I started a lot of things, especially this year. Um, uh, it's uh, the Nix dev. So the tutorial, um, opinionated tutorial, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where you where one can start with Nix in a bit more Friendly, aware, a bit like the. It's more uh, the way how you talk about the problems. It's more you're going straight to a pub, uh, to the problem. It's not. It does not feel like a reference manual. It feels like a, like, you, like there is a person talking and reading this, to, uh, t- talking to you. Uh, I mean, I think this already like I've seen this already being done for Cashix documentation, which you started. Like just starting up a Cashix and how to use it was. Although the initial documentation was like a bit longer, long, uh, you can you could see that okay some parts are gonna get automated eventually, and some did, uh, but you were able to follow uh, much easier the documentation like this type of documentation uh, than a reference manual. Although a reference manual is always needed uh, for different use cases, uh, but definitely for start somebody starting. I feel like Nick's dev was the right approach. Um, like you took the, you kind of you kind of make a list of what are those tutorials you need, and I think with those, um, I'm gonna. I think there are nine or ten maybe tutorials. Uh, mm-hmm. You covered definitely ninety percent of those beginner questions. How do I start up a project? Like there are many more. Uh, like how do I start it? Like with Haskell. Eh? There's many mm-hmm. more. This kind of things. Uh, uh, but I think you, what I appreciated is that like you, you started it, you cared about the content and you went for it. Um, and like, yeah, like sure. We can always improve on those. Uh, but we need to also start somewhere. And I think that was like, for me, that was, a, an amazing achievement last year. You did, uh, maybe the question kind of because I didn't really set the question. I just complimented.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. But what was the uh, where do you see this kind of growing uh, further? Uh, like the next step? like there were some changes that happened that now our documentation is going to be in markdown uh, oh. in one or some, like one of the flavors at least. Um, and yeah, Does this like, how, how do you see this kind of going forward on the documentation
1: side? I mean, uh, from which angle to start? Yeah, maybe just a few words of what was the idea behind it originally. Um, yeah, so I've identified that actually the, when you start using Nix, when you think about how people start using Nix, there's actually just a couple of paths to follow, um, and the old way was like, oh, read all the manuals and, you know, read all the manuals, read all the pills. And that's like a huge investment to make, uh, especially for people who are working, you know, in a company, um, and they want to use Nix in to fix, you know, to boost productivity to fix some things. Um, so, so yeah, my idea was like to to write tutorials that kind of get you like 90% by just following kind of blindly and, you know, explain a few things on the way uh, to get you there so that, you know, you can in a, an hour to um, achieve your goal or at least see if it's uh, if Nix is the right tool for you. Um, so that was kind of the goal. And, yeah, then I did a completely separate project from Community, which probably uh, didn't... Um, wasn't that appreciated maybe at the time or even now, but I think that was necessary for me just to remove all the noise and really focus on just, you know, delivering the content. Um, And yeah, uh, there wasn't really bigger vision than this uh, at the time. I think I just wanted to solve this problem and see how it goes. It was more like of an experiment. yeah, I think now uh, there is a couple of directions to go. I haven't really decided. I definitely want to add more tutorials. I think there is like uh how to get started with Nix and macOS. Uh hope maybe with the funds we can, you know, even just uh, write that uh, using uh, that um funding. Um and there is a lot more to add, but uh beyond that, I'm not really sure which direction to go um It's kind of uh, on the side right now in my mind um and I think when the timing comes, maybe it will go in the front and but it's it's definitely a lot of work i mean i if I had the budget, I would pay easily someone to just work on this uh you know one year and just write a lot of content um on on this topic so yeah, as I said, this is uh, currently it's still uh, in the initial um, idea phase of just writing more tutorials and then adding stuff around. Um, another way, another thing is just to, to, to then maybe I was thinking to add like a live chat support or something. So to get like the feedback from people again and kind of use that as a guiding uh voice of what should be done next and what is kind of like the next thing that now they feel when they use these tutorials. Um, and I feel that, I have a feeling that it's gonna be reference documentation because once you like get started, you wanna kinda of, like know all the functions and what they do and all of that. Um, so it's great that the the markdown landed, uh, the markdown documentation improvement landed in Nix itself. I think that's gonna kind of work nicely. Um, I mean, I don't mind if nix.dev is converted to markdown as well, I, I really just care about the content at this point most. So I mean, hopefully it should be so it's easier to, to contribute to either. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like shortly about the nix.dev project. Um,
0: awesome. I mean, I think you showed there you go another you showed another toilet we need to fix another mm-hmm. mention of toilets. So uh, it's like you open you started something. Uh, it already helps a lot of people. I, I, I already noticed myself that when when I point somebody to the next staff, they actually get a sense of what Nix is about and how to uh, put it this way. They ask questions much later than they, should, they usually mm-hmm. do. Uh, so much appreciated. And I think, as we said, I think maybe there's even going to be like a Probably not by you, I would say, because you have a lot of your plate already, but mm-hmm. another initiative. So if somebody is listening and thinks really documentation is the way to go, maybe ask Doman how to start initiatives. Um, I, I think he will definitely help you. I th-
1: hopefully. <laughs> I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. I
1: mean, I can give a very uh, concrete uh, proposal. I, s- I think somebody should should write an X-book and... Um, that's there you go. really hands-on, it would I think you know doc- writing good writing is hard, right and writing good <laughs> writing is even harder. so I think it should be a book that is uh, going to pay that person uh, for the time and for um, you know their appreciation towards their you know really precise thinking and all of that. and I think the book would be an amazing contribution to growing Nix. Um, I unfortunately haven't figured out how to clone myself and I would love for someone to do this. Um, so there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, amazing. Um, I'll just kind of, cause now I just look at the time and I think we are quite talking for
1: quite some time, which is
0: always mm-hmm. fun. Um, it would be nice to do this in person at one point. Yes. Uh, so when the Corona and the whole pandemic thing is over, definitely. Uh, Keep it in mind to, you know, ring, Uh, but I'll just kind of do a bit of a summary. So I'll start from the back. Somebody should write a book. Yes, please. It might be you who you're listening. Um, Documentation is improving and it will improve even further. Maybe there is going to be initiative. Maybe somebody will actually um, organize it. Maybe that's you, the listener. error messages are getting better, and we are now actually at the later stages of that process. Um, There is definitely a macOS support coming, uh, and this year it's gonna be much better. At the end of the year, it's gonna be much better um, to tell somebody to use uh, Nix on macOS. Um, I think this is a lot for one year uh, already, if you just look. I mean, you did a lot of things, so of course this whole podcast will be a bit longer, I mean, who cares, right? <laughs> you can you can you can always listen at the at the two times the speed, right? So it, then it's a bit shorter.
1: Then it's the same. <laughs> but
0: I'll just ask you if you have anything to finish off the podcast with your thoughts, maybe summary.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I think I'm I just grateful for people who have you know helped me so far. Um, there's been. It's not just me, there's a lot of people behind it, uh, the the cashics and all of these projects. Um, and they've been really immersed, uh, you know, help. I'm really trying to, to just listen to people and kind of put that into action. So a lot of things that I did are not my ideas, even uh, they're just kind of my execution or even not that, you know, held by others. So I'm really appreciate that help. Um, and uh, yeah. I, I'm really grateful that you know the community has also shifted uh, towards uh, you know adopting this this mission, um, and maybe you know a few few words going forward. I'm kind of in a stage where I'm thinking of what to do next. Um, there's the survey revealed that there's like two or three features, as I mentioned, for Cashix that I want to build, um, but I'm I'm yeah I'm kind of in the proposal or writing stage of building another product for Nix. That's something I can say. Uh, I don't want to reveal much more because it's in the stage of figuring things out. Uh, So I don't want, you know, maybe it will not even happen. So um, but uh, that's, we'll see how that goes. That's in the current plan. If it does, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely talk, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like an announcement about an announcement, but yeah, um, something I can at least say uh, with confidence uh, that I'm working on this. Um, yeah, but then the rest, we'll see. I'm really excited about that. There are other uh, products coming out. I think that's great um, for for the Nix uh, ecosystem, that there is, you know, choice. I think there is a lot more to build, so somebody has time and, you know, knowledge and, and all of that, uh, just you know, go on. I just had a few chats with different people who are interested uh, into building products for Nix. So I think that's great. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. Thanks everyone for being part of the community and helping out as well. Yeah,
0: there you go. Um, I hope this gives a kind of a glance and that Nix is used in production. Uh, that uh, you uh, that um, it's not. You will not be the first one, uh, nor the last one. Um, and definitely check out CacheX uh, if you haven't already if you're not already using it uh, and you're a an Nix user give it a try uh, I think the documentation is straight to the point you'll be able to get up and running in a minute or two um, apart from that give feedback to DoMan. you can see that there, that, that feedback really comes to, uh, to life and with that see you next time